You'll know when you have a wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating this space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Born Wild podcast. We're your hosts, Sophia, Clover, Leah, Angela, and Chelsea has refused to join us. <laughs> she wants to get off with her um, So should we switch spots? Since you're oh, because I'm louder. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I realized, too, we, maybe we should start saying Podcast Mondays. Oh, podcast Mondays. Because like, it's Podcast Mondays. Except that we release it on Wednesdays. It's Podcast Wednesday. It's Podcast Wednesday. <laughs> okay, let's do check-ins, Clover. Uh, check-ins. Gosh, I don't know if I said the last time that I was thinking about working at the birth center and then I in between now and then I decided not to work at the birth center or at least work there after graduation um and I am gonna go apprentice there for my last 10 births or so and hopefully get my license by the end of the year of the beginning of next year or at Yay! least like take an arm so close so close it's a little bit of a push so I'm I moved back to the East Bay which is where my family is um and so yeah I'm gonna be with Sophia for one more birth which is gonna be epic I've had lots of births recently um and yeah other than that I have this big ass um jar of tea that I'm drinking to <laughs> keep myself together and yeah it's like a stress yeah there's like a it's lot going on there's a lot you. resting on this herbal infusion well and you <laughs> moved to Oakland during the 116 degree heat wave yeah don't even ask me why I decided to do that that was not on me um but yeah I'm happy to be in East Bay and I am excited to still get to like do some skills and stuff with these ladies Mm -hmm. um Sophia's check-in well they don't know our voices maybe you know my voice I don't know they probably know my voice um my check-in what is my check-in um do I even have a check-in oh god we had to like move back into our old house what you don't even know I didn't care about that oh my god okay so the plan was that my parents were going to sell their house. We were going to sell our house at some point because we were a little ways behind them. So they found a rental near where my brother right, lives. Right. And we were like, okay, great. You guys move in. And we told this to the landlord. Eventually, when Sophia and Spencer sell, then they'll move in and then we'll look for a place together. It'll be like our little like, landing spot. Everyone was on board. The landlords knew. Um and so then we were selling our house. It was going into escrow. And then they started doing inspections and was like, there's wood rot in the deck. And we're like, yes, we wrote on there that you're going to need to replace the deck. And we priced the house accordingly. But they wanted an extra like 50000 off. And so we told them, bye-bye. So now all of a sudden we're moved into this house, but we're not in escrow. The house isn't, hasn't sold yet. We like take it off the market to recoup, like to recover emotionally. Um, 
And in the meantime, the landlords decide that there's just too many people here. Mm. And we're not officially on the lease. Because so we were like, could we get on the lease? They're like, no, there's just too many people here. So they asked us to leave. So we actually well, at least you sold your house. I know. To Seriously. go to. Yes. That's I mean, what we were thinking. Like, yeah. like okay, at least we, we have a house found to another go rental. To. Sophia but... has a propensity for getting kicked out of places. <laughs> <laughs> so we moved offices twice, and now we moved our home twice. It was just like a little. And much. moving is super relaxing. It so, is. Yeah. 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 So. Your cycle. Yeah. <laughs> just like my eyes twitching a little. No, my my cycle came on time this time. That's good. That's good. So yeah, that's kind of our big update, I guess. What about you, Leah? I don't feel like I have. I don't know. It's like much to say. I don't know. The heat wave was intense. Mm-hmm. I bought a mumu that I wore definitely without interruption for five days straight. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten really into weaving, mm-hmm. so I'm officially uh, like a, a middle-aged lady. woman sitting there in my like caftan <laughs> weaving. So that was in Fairfax. In Fairfax <laughs> with my cat. Mm-hmm. My cat named Elvis. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We filled up a birth tub in the yard because I had one that had been, it was fine, but it had been used for a lot of births. And I was like, it's time for, time for this old girl to retire. So <laughs> one last hurrah. One last hurrah. So I just filled it up with cold water and then we all would just do like cold plunges. It was awesome. <laughs> it was great. And I sit outside in the evening with my neighbor and she's really cool. And then we would just like lift up our caftans and do a little. Dip. <laughs> a little dip and then get out so yeah know what else is going on i have a, i've had a little break on call when i'm back on and december's gonna be a little wild how many people do that have in december between the two of us because we're still finishing out our private clients mm-hmm. we have Holy like fuck. six five six Seven. but I'm not going to her birth she I'm just supporting her with birth certificate stuff I take some clients who I see them prenatally and then they free birth and then I help them get birth certificate and postpartum yeah. but support. this is your clients too yeah yeah because I don't yeah. know I don't know who that yeah. is yeah um our fabulous fabulous new student Angela is moving all this stuff over Yay. into the new practice anyway this is probably incredibly boring for our listeners but busy December mm-hmm. um which is going to be a lot of fun and just yeah getting ready to do the practice and mm-hmm. it's all very exciting yeah we're putting together like okay we need a new separate paypal and square and mm-hmm. Venmo and all the ways that we can accept money um yeah it feels like we're doing everything right now. yeah we're having somebody do our website and then we're gonna have somebody do our marketing. like marketing and social media yeah, it feels good to delegate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that we're in a space in our careers where we have the funds to delegate to so we can just be midwives and, and play birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Birth time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking this small business fundamentals class from my final semester of Midwives College of Utah. And they had us do an assignment where they were like, what are three good business practices that you've like mm. seen work? And so I've just been having to like compile all these lists. But yeah, I, I am curious, like, what are the business practices that you guys are like feel like are big wins or like things that you do in your midwifery practice that are like business related that you Mm -hmm. feel like benefit you like I was thinking of I love how Sophia always is super responsive to clients when scheduling interviews I feel like we've heard from clients in interviews and initials that they're like oh yeah you just responded to me the the first one yeah and 
I know that you'll like schedule things late in the day and like, you know, just kind of like pack your schedule in order to do that. So that was one of the things that I thought of, but I'm curious if there's other things that you guys are like, oh yeah, that definitely mm-hmm. makes me more successful business-wise. Well, when I, like my first year being really busy was when I decided to delegate, like, cause I was creating um, a new entity cause I had first signed up to be an LLC and then realized that midwives are not allowed to be LLCs. So I was like, okay, eventually I need to switch that over. So um, I hired, I think in one year I hired um, a family lawyer cause I wanted to do wills and I hired a business lawyer to change my entity into an S corp. And I hired a CPA and a bookkeeper and I think those were like the four people that I hired, like get the business like dialed in right and like keep it like somebody checking in on it um, Mm -hmm. throughout the year. So that was like a really great first delegation where I'm like, okay, the backbones of the business is solid um, and accurate. And then the second year of being really busy was about like social media presence and SEO Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And, you know, like, weeding out the things that I don't really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and then having students and paying them well so that they can do a lot of like office work kind of tasks and things where my time is better spent elsewhere and not there. Yeah. Um, I think it takes a little while to realize like what yours are not your strengths. Mm-hmm. Like I realize like social media can be fun to do, but I'm just not like hashtag. Like Mm -hmm. I would go through periods of time where I was really good about it. Like a few years ago, I was like just super on it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I did get clients through that. Mm -hmm. Even if people like found my website, but then they would go to my social media and just like get a sense of who I was and my vibe and stuff. But like, I just don't have the time and it's not something that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Let's keep Um, talking about this. But I just realized we didn't do Angela's check-in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In the back. And I kind of forgot you're here. All right. Just kind of blending in. But it's a good topic. But let's yes. do a check in first. Oh, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Your hair looks awesome. Oh, I got a haircut. Hair. I got like, but you're not sure about it. 10 inches off. We did our first appointment together, right? We made yeah. all. I mean, you've done some with Sophie and I, but we saw mm-hmm. one of our December people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guy kind of made fine. I wish that I knew the name of the guy that still lives there. So I texted my, my brothers and I'm like, I texted him on the way over. I'm like, why can't I afford to live in Hill Valley? Um, but yeah, I don't just mom in and I have a client, a doula client who's due this week and she's kind of having some issues with her OB. So I'm going to get to chat that out with her tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forced induction. Yeah. What did, um, so I have a new student who's going to be joining on in, um, October and she called me like once a month and be like, okay, I'm heading to a setup. I mean, induction. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I was like, yeah. I, mean, I knew what I was getting into when she said who her provider was. I've worked with him before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's the kind of guy who like shows up in cargo pants and like shorts and like, tell me when there's movement and when I need to be in here. And, you know, she's pushing. Mm-hmm. Wait, so. so what's that vibe? Like you said, he, I know the vibe cargo pants like I'm like what does that communicate like yeah. that he's like super prepared he's too casual he's got pockets for everything <laughs> yeah he was wearing like a hat and he like kept his ball cap on like the whole time when mm-hmm. she was like pushing and so he's got the whole gown on but he's got this like camouflage baseball cap on just a little <laughs> odd 
<laughs> what city is this? So now it's Walnut Creek. Oh, okay. Oh God, God, it. It, it tracks. Creepy. It tracks. So, I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember a nurse telling me, I don't know if it was when I was a doula, but that like when they actually call the OB is like when you can see like a certain amount of the baby's head. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's like under the pubic bone or whatever, but it was like that's when you call the OB to come in. And if you call them before that, they get really pissed. Oh, yeah. And I was like, God. Yeah, what a life. I mean, <laughs> just show up. Yeah. They get paid to put on a fancy gown mm-hmm. made out of plastic. Mm-hmm. That's like, they spend more time getting dressed than they do having yes. the baby. <laughs> right? They show up like three pushes and then they hand the baby the pee. Yeah. God, I'm never professional. Not like, enough you know, money me. in the world. Clover's like, well, that's exactly how Sophia is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> different tell me when your baby's crown <laughs> yeah. um okay but yeah it was a good topic so oh. um yeah um yeah I guess like it was interesting to be thinking about all this and then I was I got back on Instagram which was a mistake I need <laughs> someone needs to take my privileges away from me again I just have no ability to self-regulate but the a friend a woman that we met at the reach each breach conference Tessa, who's I think her Instagram handle is Mountain Mama Midwifery or Mountain Midwifery. Is she in Tehachapi? Is it Tessa Kroon? No. No. Oh, somebody else. Um, anyway, she was just she just started nurse midwifery school and she was posting about just like why can't midwives in California like band together and do like more sustainable group practices that are like more than three midwives that are like four or five midwives where they have rotating call. And she was just laying out this business plan or like kind of call model that I've seen be effective that I think is really interesting. And she was answering like, um, but like different than a birth center, different than a birth center, but kind of like a birth center but in home birth like in terms of the amount of clients that you're taking and the amount of people um of the amount of midwives but she was also just answering questions from the people who followed her about like who were non-midwives about like well why if you're charging this much like how are you not making this much money like Mm -hmm. trying to like kind of break down why home birth midwifery is not always just like a super sustainable job which I think is confusing for people and has been confusing for me as a student where I'm like okay so I know that this midwife charges you know whatever seven thousand dollars per client and they take five clients a month but somehow when I talk to them it seems like they're still like really struggling to make it happen and I think part of that is like being in the bay area especially in the east bay where everything just costs a bunch of money and if Mm -hmm. you have any kids it's just a lot but yeah, it's it's interesting to try and figure out where the money falls through the cracks or like I have five clients a month. I feel like the more struggling. you make, the more you spend. And that's where it is. Like if you were to really sit down and like have a really dialed out budget with these midwives, like they're spending yeah. the money. You yeah. know, it's going somewhere. Like totally. now they can put their kids into private school or you know, whatever it is. It's like yeah. they're they're like, oh, I can do my hair and pedicures every month. Or you know, it's like but it there adds are, up. Yeah, there are things that add up that are like sneaky. Like if you have a car you're doing home visits, like your car is gonna need to be serviced. You might even need a better car and gas for that. Like mm-hmm. the 
you know, I think midwives who have you know, like five clients a month, it's like you have to do self-care. Yeah, and maybe it's not apart. always five clients a month, but I think like... Sure, but I would say anything, over, honestly, anything over three clients a month on your own, like you're going to be doing some, need to do some mm-hmm. self-care, you're going to burn out, yeah, you so know? Yeah, um, but like just talking about the delegating too, like that costs money, yeah, you know, to totally. delegate that yeah. out, you know? And the idea is like, even if you are spending money each month on social media, advertising, whatever, like if you get one client from that effort, you're making your money yeah, and more, yeah, you know? So it's like, it's just a matter of that consistency of getting clients. But yeah, it's like with a biller, like there are things that I did on my own for a long time when I was early in my practice that I just don't do anymore because I'm terrible at it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even interact. I mean, I give the biller the super bill, but I'm just like, here's her number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have nothing to do with it. Like, I know that you have a thing where you like, they pay you and then you pay the person or there's a percentage or they, it used to be, I remember I talked to your biller person. It was a different, mm-hmm. I don't know, mine. I literally just give them her website and that's the end of it. Yeah. Cause I just, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. I'm not good at that stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's interesting to try and figure out where, like, in this class, you know, they're having us think through, like, how are you going to structure your business, which is helpful and mm-hmm. also kind of, like, hard to do because it's so hypothetical still yeah, for me. So, so. But, like, you know, a lot of people are, like, thinking about all those people that they're going to hire or whatever. And it seems hard when you don't have any clients to imagine, build, quote, unquote, building a business. Mm-hmm. And because, like, in my mind, I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to, like, graduate and, like, you know be my friends midwives for a little while like and assist people and I don't think I'm going to have a social media person or a biller or a right you know do someone doing my taxes or like I don't know but you can think (laughs) of it in stages and so um Leah and I work with a financial advisor that was another person I invested in in like stage two or stage three or whatever I'm at um was a financial advisor where we set goals together and mm-hmm. made plans and she created like business budgets because I did personal budgets but not business budgets and um because I was yeah in this flow where it's like I have a bunch of money so I would replenish all my supplies and then there goes the money and you know so she we would have like a goal for the year like like I remember one year it was like I like two clients on average a month that would be my goal for the year um and so we would have like three tiers where it's like the goal is the middle tier like if I got two clients a month this is what I could spend on xyz and this is what my income would be and then um the tier down from that would be if I got less than that like if I got one client and then the tier up would be if I'm doing way better than I even expected and I got three clients a month you know and so I'd have these different tiers and and like goals like okay if I'm falling into this bracket because we check in every three months like where are you like have you switched tiers one way or another and if I was falling into brackets then I had certain goals that I could meet like I want to if I if I stay in this bracket for six months I want to hire a social media person or whatever it is you know um yeah yeah so I just like set different goals because it wasn't like I got my license and then I hired all these people to help me I was just like trying to get clients you know I feel like I've known midwives who when they start they just start out that way and it's probably because they have some financial fund assistance from a partner or whatever reason Mm -hmm. But they like start out and get in this work and they have a media person and they have a, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like just like marketing is their thing from the get go. Yeah. And 
how or what you know they do that that's totally and it's if you can do that that's a great Mm -hmm. way to do it Mm -hmm. a lot more people I know and what I did is like that just like peace you know like along the way having somebody do the things that yeah you can't do or that your time would be better served yeah because if you only have two clients the first year you have plenty of time to do social media stuff, you know, they got to a point where I'm like, I don't have time for this anymore. And that was when I knew I was busy enough to hire somebody to take it off my plate. Yeah. That makes sense. Or like, I couldn't keep up with it on my own. Like before, like the bookkeeping and all that, it wasn't that big of a deal, but then it was, and it was way too time consuming. Mm -hmm. I think it's great though, that your school has any kind of business. Yeah. I don't know. did not. Yeah, I don't know if NMI does now, if they changed it. I mean, it was a while ago that I was there. So, but at that point, there's definitely like, no, like this is a way to successfully have a business or like, you know, it's sort of like when you're a kid and you learn things in school, but you don't learn like how to do a budget or taxes or like, you know, like life skills. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool that MCU does that. Well, that's like, you know, I'm always trying to plug MCU, even though sometimes they're a pain in the ass. But I do feel like at this point, from all the other people I talk to, I feel like it's the most well put together program. Mm-hmm. It takes, it takes yeah. a little longer or it could take a little longer, but it's so comprehensive. And I, I definitely feel like prepared. Like I feel like I have everything, all the documents that I need. Mm-hmm. in that way like and it's like obviously there's things that you can't prepare me for but in terms of like all my practice guidelines and my informed consents and I know that mm-hmm. other schools do that but for some reason I feel like MC it's is just a little more, bit more structured which I think for some people is really great it doesn't work for everybody it's like I think parents and things like that it's easier to have like your own timeline mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I mean when people ask me what schools I recommend because we do all the time yeah it's like just depends on what your your life is like mm-hmm. but mcu if you can do it it's great yeah. school and i know we were talking because there were like 17 births that you attended that you just couldn't even count because you weren't in that point in school and so we have come to the conclusion that if you're in mcu you should <laughs> you should start at a home birth practice do your observes do your cysts and once you're ready for primary role well, then go to a birth center and crank them yeah. up a lot of people do that's what I asked I did it backwards yeah I was talking to my partner's little sister her name's Simone and she is also a student at MCU and she's more at the beginning of her midwifery journey but oh that's cute yeah she's very she's actually gonna come to skills I think because she's in the bay right now anyway shout out Simone um (laughs) anyways um yeah she was just like would you do anything differently and I would say yeah I would do a homework practice first because I really enjoyed being at the birth center in the beginning because it was just like so much experience at once until I got to the threshold where my I was past I had done all my assist birth I needed to start doing my primary births and MCU wouldn't let me count them yeah so there's those 17 mm-hmm. births and now I'm like scrambling to get my last yeah that's because theoretically because it's like theoretically I've done more than I need for norm but yeah alas I'm not gonna dwell on it <laughs> it's gonna I mean it's either it's gonna just work more under your belt you know when you yeah. go into your own practice yeah, you can't say that like and that's why we were saying if you had switched it, you would have all those experiences under your belt, but not be but, held up yeah, from totally. graduating yeah, and just totally. be getting more experience. Yeah, totally. But I do feel like it has helped me on some level to have the birth center experience. Just like when I interviewed with other midwives, I felt like in my primary phase, they were like, oh, you have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how to do this, this, and this. And yeah. that was helpful. But I think that, that you can figure that out either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and I think if you start at a home birth, they know that you're in your observe and it's a space yeah. that you, they're not expecting you to have done all those things. Totally. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who knows? Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yeah, pray for me, everyone. And I shake an arm. <laughs> we have a lot of people that are finishing up. Like Nina, hopefully, mm -hmm. will be close behind. I think once you guys, you and Chelsea aren't in the practice anymore, Nina's going to be the only assist. So we're hoping that we like really bust it out, bust it out for mm -hmm. her. Yeah. And Angela, yeah, the one, so she'll be there, but he'll be in the assist role. Yeah. What has school been like for you so far? Because you're in NMI. Yeah, I'm in NMI, and it's you know it's modules and independent work and there's online study groups to help work through modules but it's kind of independent mm -hmm. i wish there was a little bit more actual teaching and classes to go to mm -hmm. instead of just being all self-directed but on the other hand you know i'm older and so it's nice to not have to be somewhere at a certain time and to be able to do schoolwork whenever it works for me mm -hmm. um which might not be when they have classes or whatever because I have two little kids at home and um well they're not little they're in school but um so I mean it's slow going but I feel like I'm producing the modules or getting them submitted but in the time I wanted to but I haven't gotten any great ones back since May <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm it's a different pace yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're, you're like it's self-paced for you and for the instructors <laughs> yeah supposedly they just hired That's two or three more graders so there won't be like a six month mm -hmm. turnaround because i think i'm waiting on like five to be graded yeah because if so. you should be doing it differently it'd be good to know before you're right doing right. all these other ones yeah yeah so i'm just doing about one a month but there's people who do like one a week which that's not how my brain works. Mm -hmm. Like in order yeah. to retain any of the information I'm learning, mm -hmm. I need to take longer mm -hmm. with the module. Which is probably partially why you chose the school. So you could go right. at your own pace. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I could uh, talk about a couple births we had of interest. We had somebody hire us um, last minute, like 37 weeks. I think the day she talked to me, I was like, well, I go on call for you tomorrow. So we should uh, meet up. She was like almost two hours away. So we met up on Zoom. We tried to meet in person a couple times and I got 10 minutes away from her. She's 10 minutes away from me and I had to turn around and go to a birth. <laughs> so, and then I was like almost up near her, but she couldn't meet me. It was just like not happening. So, but it was sweet when we were at her birth, she had this whole like set up with like all these snacks for oh God, she was so sweet she was like hosting us she was hosting mm -hmm. us which was like sweet and totally unnecessary for any clients listening i feel like there's often yeah. even in prenatal visits like where you make a snack plate it's like we love that and it's, it's so sweet and mm -hmm. also like we don't yeah we don't need it like leah says we just kind of come in like teenagers or yeah during the birth kids. we just like come in and go through the fridge and we'll do laundry it's your laundry yeah. but <laughs> we'll do our own laundry <laughs> like we lay on the couch that was really good <laughs> we do okay. our laundry honestly i could use laundry. somewhere to do my laundry <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was really sweet. And she even had like a plant there for each of us. Like literally gave us a cowl to take home. And her wow. daughter is six and she was just like, here's your chocolates in here. And we didn't like eat enough at the birth because it was so quick that she was like cramming all the food in my postpartum yeah, bag. Yeah, like packing the all the snacks to go. <laughs> oh, 
Aww. There were even like cups and bowls in there when I opened it. Oh my god. So cute. That's really sweet. Yeah, um, but the daughters wanted to catch the baby. Mm-hmm. And then when the baby was crowning, she was like shaking her head no. Like, no, I don't want to catch. So the dad caught. Dad caught. It was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Baby, baby had had some dips in the heart tones, like in the few minutes before when we were listening. And we had just kind of gone there and I think we were there for like 45 minutes before the baby came. Oh, actually, another very important part of the story before we get oh, there. Oh, yeah. So Sophia learned a lesson. Yeah, don't do this. <laughs> don't do this. Tobin um, was like, how did this happen to Sophia? Wait, what? I don't hear about this. She ran out of gas. I ran out Ten of gas. minutes away Five from minutes. the client's house. Five minutes away. <sighs> Luckily, there are some areas where you don't have cell service, too. And I called Clover, and she was five zero minutes away, 50 and I was like, nope. And so I called the dad. Because the client had texted us a photo of some bloody show. This was a multip, like with some very significant bloody show and contractions were like, I don't know, Q5 or something. And we were like, right. oh, okay. Time, <laughs> like, to be there. time to be there. Yeah. And we have a long drive. So anyways, I called the dad. Luckily, I was really close. He came and got me in all my bags. And theoretically, I could have waited for you because you totally made it, but I just needed to be there. But it's this this ongoing thing between (laughs) me and my husband where he's like, you're going to need gas soon. He's just like really on top of gas. Like, we're going to need gas soon. You should get your oil change, you know, done. And I'm like, I've got time, you know? And um, I'm like, I can definitely get to put aluminum back, no problem on empty. Like, I know that to be true because I've done it before. <laughs> yeah. But now I know that I cannot get that far on empty. You can't go all the way to Lake County. Yes. And I know what happens to my car when it runs out of gas now is that it goes into neutral and you coast for as long as you can. And then the whole thing turns off. So that's what happens. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, I, my car went on empty yesterday and I was like, gas station right here. So yeah, I I try to tell like my recommendation to students is don't go below half. Like just keep your tank halfway full. Yes, you never said that to me. No, I'm telling you that right now. This is a new this is a new thing. This is a new thing I've decided as of today. My my truck, my beautiful beautiful truck, does this thing where like the the gas gauge kind of like you know dances a little bit. (laughs) When you first fill it up and you're driving, it like takes a minute for it to go all the way up to show like how much gas you have. And a few times that it's like been almost on empty and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And then it just like listens to me. It's like, yeah. Aww. And then the little needle goes up a little bit, like almost to a quarter tank. Wow. It's wow. like, I think my truck is the reincarnate of somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they came back as a 99 Tacoma. <laughs> it is important to say that I was one that was so irresponsible but I was like pushing it I was like I cannot stop for gas she needs me I have to go that was in my head like I'll just get it when I get there I just need to get there kind of thing um but no I should have stopped and also it was really embarrassing to have to like call a dad away from his wavering woman and like oh it was horrible Tobin was saying he was like that makes me think that you should just have a thing of gas all the time he's like it just makes sense and like especially if you're doing home birth and you're driving far distances because that I've definitely like you know when we had a client who was in Jenner there was like some drives where I was like fuck we're like Mm -hmm. in Jenner again and I like no the gas stations are like so far apart Mm -hmm. yeah but anyways we were there for like probably about an hour um before the baby before the baby was born and yeah 
oh, I was saying that there had been like a little dip in the heart rate and we hadn't gotten that many times to listen because we just weren't there that long. And so I think there was like, uh, probably not Sophia, but me, because I still have a lot of unlearning to do. I was like, okay, how's this baby going to do? All of our supplies were in the other room. So I went and got the the like emergency bag and just had it in there with the bag and mask. And we were laughing because she's like, I brought you all the supplies that you never use even when there's an yeah, emergency. Like, Chelsea was saying, she's like, what did you, what did you think Sophia was going to do with that? I was like, you're right. Good, good point. She's like, I was like, it was my safety blanket. The last resuscitation. She did see it in the corner. The last resuscitation, Chelsea's like, I remember, I feel like we handed you the bag and mask and my image is probably not accurate, but I felt like you just threw it across the room. I think that actually that literally happened though but sometimes I just with mouth to mouth I just feel I just feel way more connected with the baby and with the bag and mask I'm like fuck this thing like get it out of my way yeah I learned with mouth to mouth and I still I mean I almost it's never my go to bag I know yeah. it's not I mean you're basically kissing someone's vagina yeah. when you do that but whatever I mean it's in a life easier. death situation it's easier yeah, totally. It, it, I mean, and like there are, I think there are a few situations where you're really going to get, because I feel like the bag and mask makes a lot of sense if you have a recess board. If you have a baby in a recess board, it feels nice and stable. It's a longer recess But it's like yeah, if you're holding a baby above a tub, you're yes. not going to grab the recess board and it doesn't make sense to do bag and mask because they're yeah. too floppy. So it's like, it's true. that Like I the time that, I used the bag and mask was when we had like Maconi maceration syndrome in hindsight, we knew, and we were waiting for EMS or we transporting and like baby was present, but was just like not coming around fully. And so we were just wait, waiting on EMS and it was great setup because they were like, this is perfect. We will just take this all with us when we yeah. go. They took over with the, like the baby stayed on the recessor cradle with the bag and mask and they just like transferred care. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But anyways, the baby came out crying. It was beautiful. There was mm -hmm. really nothing that needed to happen. It was kind of a longer, um, weight on the Oh, it was body. a little bit of a longer weight on the head, which is something, or on the body. Yeah. That that's something that I've been saying is helpful for me to see mm -hmm. just because in the practice that I've previously been at it's like when a head comes out we were always checking for shoulder and cord and there was a lot of hands on the perineum and the woman's vulva and there was a lot of like you know if there was any weight if there was a, one contraction pass and the head didn't come it was a shoulder dystocia and so it's like it's really helpful to just see like the baby's head came and it was obvious that they were doing okay because they were like moving around and kind of grimacing and like even crying making yeah. a like cry effort mm -hmm. and then they came so yeah and dad caught he's very excited yeah that. dad caught mm -hmm. yeah it was really beautiful mm -hmm. really straightforward she didn't care and and how was she postpartum? she was her? like so she was she was quote-unquote ambulating well <laughs> she, was like, <laughs> she was up like breakfast she was like family, jumping right? around got in the shower <laughs> she like she literally like sprung from laying down to hands and knees to like show me something and I was like whoa like <laughs> I can't do that. Like, <laughs> if I was laying in bed, like, I'm not that sprightly. So we yeah. weren't worried about her. Well, it's just it was a show. Yeah. Pretty resilient. It was yeah. so great. And then the one before that, it was um, uh, mom having her sixth um, baby. And um, she, the last birth um, had been a loss at 20 weeks. But the one before that had been 45 minutes. 
long. So we were like, okay, I'm going to go as soon as you need me. And I missed the birth by 10 minutes, even though they're 20 minutes away. But the dad was like, that was my fault. She told me to call you. And I, I think I waited 10 minutes to call you. <laughs> so you would have actually been there a little bit after birth. Yeah, but it was fine. It was beautiful and everything was straightforward. Um, um, this one was kind of interesting. We had a second time mom um, with a very large uterine fibroid. Um, mm. She had had it with her first pregnancy. It was larger this time, but her first pregnancy was 12 hours, you know, straightforward, uneventful. Um, baby came, no problem. Wait, I just want to say that, that this client that you're talking about mm -hmm. and the client that we were talking about who had a smooth birth where your car died, like both of them were clients that you took as a la carte. Yes. So they weren't mm -hmm. doing prenatal care with you mm -hmm. and you were just doing that for the birth. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's interesting to mention because I feel like a lot of midwives don't do that. They're mm -hmm. not willing to take you if you haven't done prenatal care with them. And both of them were beautiful and smooth and not to say that there couldn't be complications in those situations, but I just felt like in both cases, it was a really sweet connection with the family. Both of them. Yeah. We were just like and it felt so sweet to like be like building a relationship in labor. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, mm -hmm. I just was like, I could see why someone wouldn't want to do it, but I felt like those two cases were an argument for why that can be beautiful and makes midwifery care more accessible. And people love to talk about how they want to make midwifery care more accessible, mm -hmm. but they're not willing to do something like that. And it's like, if someone's getting prenatal, I mean, even if you want to be conservative about it and say like, I'll take you if you get prenatal care somewhere else, mm -hmm. like one of them was getting prenatal care at the birth center. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, I could understand why you might not want to, it might be a little bit more sticky if someone's had zero prenatal care, but you know, I'm sure that Sophia would still take that on. Um, but yeah, anyways, I just thought that that was sweet. I've encouraged it even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we just take people that do wild pregnancies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's true. Um, for anybody listening, just for like full disclosure, I. I started offering an a la carte service mainly for families who were contacting me who were way outside of my range that I would not be willing to do full care because the postpartums would just kill me alone. You know, how many times you go back and see them and the weekly prenatals. And it's just like, I couldn't have worked with them and, but they were having trouble finding a midwife that they could connect with or is willing to practice in the way that they wanted to be taken care of. And so then I started going, well, what if I just charged you for the birth, you know, and we met on zoom a few times, you know, to get to know each other and like, what would that look like? And so that's why I started doing this like a la carte. And then I also was helping families who free birth, like get birth certificates. And so I was charging for like paperwork and that kind of stuff. So I started piecing together like an a la carte type service and not that it's an option for everyone, but when a typical standard home birth service doesn't work for me because of location or whatever that I'm able to offer this mm -hmm. up to families. Um, so yes, these last, last couple. Have yeah. Been. And so that one that was the family who the mom had a large uterine fibroid she just had kind of like a funny second time labor pattern where mm -hmm. we were we thought it was malpositioned you know we came we spent the night her labor kind of slowed down in the night mm -hmm. labor would like pick up and then kind of slow back down I feel like for most of the labor the contractions were somewhere between like 8 and 15 minutes apart they never got really close together until mm -hmm. 
like the last second which was like mm -hmm. the last 30 minutes like right as we were kind of getting ready to start an IV talk about doing the mile circuit again you know we were like okay we're prepping for the night like this is gonna mm -hmm. be a long night and we need to keep her morale and up, contractions you know? at yeah. that point were every 10 minutes and they were mm -hmm. like Mm, 30 was seconds lower, lower urine segment thyroid. yes yeah and her blood pressure was a little bit high at that point she was very dehydrated and baby was a little bit tacky like it yeah. just started getting a little tacky so we're like let's get this IV and you maybe that will kind mm -hmm. of simmer everything out and then like right as that was all going down and she was having really long contractions she was having point. super long contractions like hmm. three minutes and we're like yeah she was structured um and we're like oh this is just like it felt funky and like pattern. then like as we were getting the IV set up it was like she went into transition yeah, and she was yeah. basically like something's some I need she to get said, in the tub she said I feel weird yeah I she was like I feel weird I need to get in the tub and I think it was probably like 20 minutes later and then she just started pushing but it was like contractions were Q10 until she started pushing mm -hmm. which I was just like that was an interesting thing to see mm -hmm. yeah yeah so we were all very relieved when she started pushing nice yeah, <laughs> yeah she just was waiting for yeah and the, the baby, baby just kind of hung out bottom of the pool for a little oh my bit. god that was epic like the baby birthed into the pool and then the baby was just like little starfish kind of water because i refuse to let any of my my students or myself touch babies unless necessary so i was like whenever you're ready someone should pick the baby up <laughs> I am. I cannot hang with that. Sorry. I just in my head, I'm like, they literally have been in water their entire life. They're not going to drown in this moment. You I know, know. It's but not I always wonder if the change there. of temperature, like, or something like that, because it's not the same. I mean, the baby knows, but that you see it. I mean, you haven't seen that over and over again, but I have, and like, it's no different. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily dangerous. I I was at a birth one time where somebody like felt really strongly about that, like they wanted to keep the baby in the water for a little while. But when the baby came out, I mean, it was stunned, which it was fine. Like mm -hmm. I think we did a couple inflation for us, so everything was fine. Yeah. So in the end, you make your decision. But I was like, that baby was on no dope. Yeah. It was just like wiggling in the water. It made yeah. me uncomfortable. I was like. Your baby. Well, and I think there's a difference of a baby Outside like of who doesn't pool. look well already. Right. Like right. this baby looks fine. I find know? most moms like want their prize. Mm -hmm. You know, like baby's out and they like yeah. want to pick up the, the, baby. the two that I've seen that really did not ever pick their babies up. Um, <laughs> the dads ended up doing it and they just like both were yeah. meeting some a minute to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like when you're on hands and knees in the first pool too it gets like a little bit like complicated turning around and cord and all that yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but yeah it was really beautiful i can think of a birth where a baby showed out and it took a minute to find a baby <laughs> <laughs> remember that yes yes anyway maybe we should wrap it up for me yeah that was good um a few different topics in there yeah yeah, we'll have to figure out what to call this one. Yeah, what are you going to title this <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll chat next time. We'll be at the spa next week, so oh, yes. it'll be All something. All right, spas next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram at Emma Ray, R-E-A, Sophia, 
at sophiabirth.com and me leah at bay area home birth we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on apple Podcasts. it helps us reach more people and as always stay, stay wild, wild.